broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. Another day inside the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Demond Cotton, your boy Q. We're going to rock with you for the next three hours. And please believe we have plenty to get to as we knew this day was going to come. We knew that there'd be a lot of conversation. And even though Derek Carr is not officially out of the building when it comes to the silver and black, he puts out a statement today. Actually, it's funny. Earlier this morning, I was at the house going over some work and noticed Ian Rappaport saying that the Raiders are going to start exploring trade options and said, okay. It's, it's starting to it's starting to roll now. The ball's going to get rolling. And then shortly after that, that's when Derek Carr puts out a statement basically saying goodbye to Raider Nation. So obviously there's been a lot of conversation, not only here on Raider Nation Radio 920 about Derek Carr throughout the course of the day, but across the NFL. Tons of conversation about Derek Carr. I listened to national shows. I was listening to uh, Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas was listening to a couple other shows. And they said, okay, well, now that it's a uh, – official that he's saying goodbye to the organization what teams are in line I mean that's that's the next step right the automatic next step uh, across the league is okay what what teams could be possibly in play for Derek Carr's services so obviously we got a lot to get to on today's show show a little bit of appreciation for DC on today's show and then start to turn the page on okay well what's next and we've kind of been talking about what's next anyway uh, in the meantime, in the between time, ever since he was uh, sat down, kind of put on ice a few weeks ago uh, before the season got wrapped up, before, or right after their game against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Christmas Eve and saw Jarrett Stidham play the last two games against the 49ers and also the Kansas City Chiefs. So kind of already started to turn the page, but it's about as official as it gets with uh, the statements that were put out today, especially by Derek Carr saying goodbye to Raider Nation. He did it in a Derek Carr type way, very classy. I expected nothing less. I know he's going to be speaking at a, a local church uh, multiple times throughout the course of the weekend, this upcoming weekend. Um, don't expect anything except for class when it comes to Derek Carr. That's how he's always held himself. That's how he always will hold himself, no matter if it's here in Las Vegas, if it's in Indianapolis, if it's in Seattle, or wherever the next stop may be for D.C. But clearly he's ready to, to move on. He's ready to play. And uh, he's looking for that next chapter. And so that's just kind of how it goes down. So we will show some appreciation to D.C. today. But we got a lot to get to on the show as well. Got a lot of good guests to get to. As a matter of fact, coming up at 2.30, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, our good friend. He'll join the show. We'll talk some contract situations with him. We'll dip our toes in. Okay, you know, Derek's got a contract right now. Does he think that there's a team out there that's willing to trade for him? Or now that they know for a 100% fact that he's not coming back to the Silver and Black, will teams just sit out there and, and, and wait for him to get released? And there's a lot of different ways you could think about this. You know, you could say, okay, well, if there's more than one team, then someone has to trade for him because someone else might swoop up and get him. But at the same time, someone might, you know, he has that no trade clause, so he could just say, hey, I'm interested in going to, let's just throw out Seattle. And other teams are interested in him. No, I don't want to go there. So Seattle, just hold out. I'll come sign with you as soon as as soon as they release me. That could be a, a way he plays it. Or it could get into a little bit of bidding war, and some teams could uh, try to trade for him and try to jockey for a, an opportunity to trade for him. So that's... Really, only time will tell, but we'll uh, talk to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus coming up at 2.30. Uh, 3.30, Vinny Bonsignor from the Review Journal. Of course, you can hear him on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Heidi Fang as well. 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on Radio Nation Radio 920. We'll get the details from Vinny. 
you know, what he thinks they'll do, what the Raiders will do. Of course, there's that February 15th date, uh, how quickly he thinks things could get wrapped up. And we could hear an announcement about, okay, this is a team that once the league year opens up is officially going to trade for Derek Carr, how the ins and outs of that all goes. And I know he's been talking to a lot of people, heard him talking on the morning tailgate this morning about this situation. So he'll give us all the ins and outs of the details. And also we'll talk about the team in general, just what he thinks they're going to start doing with the offseason. Obviously, this is a big hurdle that they've got to overcome the quarterback situation. But then moving forward from there, what are they going to do? Four o'clock, Omar Ruiz from NFL Network. He'll join us. He's our really good friend. Uh, He'll join us just to kind of give us the whole landscape of the NFL, talk about some of these coaching searches that are going on right now. We'll, you know, we'll ask him also about Derek Carr, what he thinks about that situation moving forward. And I mean, it'll be a very Derek Carr heavy show. And we normally don't have a bunch of very heavy shows when it comes to Derek Carr. Uh, We don't try to go all in and spend a whole lot of time on him. But when it's a day like today, when there was an announcement that was made in the the Instagram post that eventually got onto Twitter, uh, once that's out there, then it's, it's one of those things that you can't ignore. So you got to definitely talk about it. So Omar Ruiz will talk all things NFL with us. One of the most intriguing storylines I have for this offseason, not, not Raider related at all, is the Denver Broncos. I'm very interested in who their new head coach is going to be, right? Because they're, they're interviewing everybody. They interviewed David Shaw yesterday, right? David Shaw is a, is a hell of a coach. He resigned from Stanford not too long ago. Uh, apparently he wants to dip his toes back into the NFL. I don't know if he's trying to be the head coach, or if he's trying to be the offensive coordinator for someone like Jim Harbaugh. There's a lot of storylines out there. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't know, but I'm interested. Those guys up there in Denver, they've got a ton of money. They're going to want to make sure that they get right because they spent so much money on Russell Wilson, so much uh, draft capital on Russell Wilson, that they're going to want to get the head coach right. Is it going to be Sean Payton? Is it going to be Jim Harbaugh? Is it going to be David Shaw? Is it going to be other? We don't know. But I guarantee you those cats up there in Denver are going to give every penny they can to try to get this situation right. I'm just laughing that you say those cats got a lot of money. Yeah, Walmart they do. money. They do. Walmart money, baby. They ain't going to be rolling back either. <laughs> they ain't going to be rolling back when it comes to the coach, man. They ain't worried about rolling back the cost, man. They're going to, whatever they, it costs to get that coach there, they're going to pay that dime. They don't care. They got that bread. I don't know if it's going to, ma- obviously, the money they can pay, whatever, but do you think that, you, obviously, you got the paycheck in there. They're going to spend. They're going to spend. But do you think that the matter of the actual job, the bones and structure, do you think that Denver's a good job with Russell Wilson? Because you know if you take the job, you're tied with him for at least three more seasons. It, well, that's the thing. Do you think that you can get him right? Right? Because Russell yeah, Wilson— that head coach, yes. He's a, he's, a, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, you know he's a guy that's going to go to the Hall. Rather, you, or At least he's—I'm not saying first ballot, but he's most likely a guy that's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, no doubt. I, I think that a lot of coaches will be like, oh, I can, I, I can fix this guy. Like Sean Payton, you think he can't work with him? I bet he could. Just saying. So I think it's a good – I do. And I think that with their defense that they have, that's a solid defense, right? So you already have half the battle. If you got a defense already in place, the, the head coach comes in, gets the offense on par, gets the quarterback doing what the quarterback's supposed to be doing. The only thing I see as the big hang-up when it comes to Russell Wilson is the fact that he's not really using his legs anymore, right? And that was what his big – like his his X factor was was the the ability to use his legs when he wanted to and, and keep plays alive. So I, I think he's still a really good quarterback. He just I mean he had Nathaniel Hackett and I don't I don't think that that was ever the plan. I think when they brought in Nathaniel Hackett they thought they were going to get twelve. <laughs> I thought they I think they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers and it didn't happen that way. So they got the next best thing which was Russell Wilson. It just didn't work out with those two guys. That's my my opinion. Once he was gone, it seemed like Russell Wilson started playing a little bit better. Just saying, just throw that out there. So. Omar Ruiz will give us his thoughts at 4 o'clock from the NFL Network. And then at 4.30, Ted Wynn from The Athletic. He'll join us to talk all things. Want to really focus in on the defense. But Ted does a great job with film study. 
So he'll break down some film, want to just see where the Raiders need to go and how they need to do it to get that defense right. Regardless who the quarterback is next year for the Raiders, uh, they, they're going to need a defense to be right, and they're going to need that offensive line to be solid. I mean, the things that we questioned going into the season in 2022 ended up being the, the two biggest uh, areas of, of concern for the Raiders in the 2022 season. The defense wasn't good consistently, and the offensive line wasn't good enough. It was good, but it wasn't good enough. It could have been a lot better, so it needs to be improved. And one area of that offensive line that I'm really, and I've said it a few times on the show, Damon, I'm really interested in kicking Colton Miller to the right side because the right side has not been solid for a very long time. Colton Miller, you know, is a solid offensive lineman. If you get a young stud that can be that anchor at that left tackle spot for years to come, and you kick Colton Miller over to the right side, then you have your bookends. Now all you got to do is make sure your 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 you know your interior offensive line is where it needs to be, and that includes maybe moving Dylan Parham to center. Yeah, but I don't want to derail the show too much. But when you say that, you've been defense, defense, defense in the yeah. draft. So to get that young guy, so are you saying with that seventh overall pick, you're taking the best tackle available? I mean, only if he's if, maybe if he's there. If if I'm thinking about moving Colton Miller to the right side, if I'm the Raiders, maybe I say, hey, I could I can. I could put Colton on the right, and I can go get this guy here at number seven, and boom, now I got my bookends. Or maybe I see a guy in free agency, and I say, okay, I can go get that guy, put him at the left side, and put Colton at the right side. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily have to mean you know draft a guy, but I just I just think that that might be an option that they have to try to solidify that offensive line. I don't know if that guy's out there in free agency. Brown from KC. I like I said, we said I don't yesterday, think he's going anywhere. I don't yeah. think he's going anywhere, and even if they did bring him in. I don't know if he's like significantly better than Colton Miller. So I obviously we'd have to look. We can talk about Brad Spielberger because you know yesterday he put yeah. out a piece the best fifty free agents that are going to be available right. this offseason. We'll definitely ask him about that at two thirty when he joins the show. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know who that magic, not magical, like in in that sense, but I don't right. know who that great tackle if he's out there on the market for the Raiders to acquire. No, I mean, and that's a good point. You know, he might not be out there, but I think it's stuff that you have to think about, right? As you're trying to put this team together again, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. That last game of the, uh, the season against KC, Jared Stidham had no time to throw the ball. He was running for his life the whole game. He had no opportunity. What did he get sacked? Six times? Something like that. Yeah. And, and how many <laughs> runs did he have? Seven? Those weren't designed runs. Those were, oh, my God, I got to run. Right? It, it just was a bad situation. So they've got to figure out how to construct that offensive line. And if it means moving Colton Miller to the right side, as long as you have an answer. Now, I'm not saying moving to the right side, and then all of a sudden, now what are we going to do at the left side, right? I mean, you've got to have an answer, right? And I'm not the genius. I'm not the guy that's all, you know, I don't have the answer to everything. I'm just saying what has to be a possibility because that right side has been such a bad situation for such a long time. It just really has been. You know, it's funny, and the Cowboys play on Monday, and we'll be at the Oyo uh, for that game, the Cowboys and Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Wild Card Weekend. Tyron Smith, who's been a a staple at the left side of that offensive line for years for the Cowboys was injured to start the season, and they brought in multiple guys, and including Jason Peters, who used to play for the Eagles. Right now, Jason Peters is the left tackle, and Tyron Smith is the right. So Tyron Smith has been at the left for the longest, and all he did, slide on right up. Right, as soon as he came back from injury, slid on down to the right side and solidified that offensive line. Sometimes you got to do that. I know it didn't really work that well when they tried to kick Donald Penn over to the right side. I realize that, but... I really do think that that's a conversation that needs to be had. Should Colton Miller hold down that right tackle spot, which is what he did in college? So it's not like it's it's foreign to him. It's just he ain't done it in a while, right? So all these things are stuff to think about, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, that top 50 free agent list. Uh, that's something that we could ask Brad Spielberger about 
when he joins the show at 2.30. But uh, Ted Wynn, we'll get into some uh, film breakdown with him. Want to talk about the defensive line, the linebackers, the safeties. Uh, Want to see if Trayvon Merrick, if he's a guy that he thinks can work in this system. Because he might not, right? And that's the other question. Can a guy like Trayvon Merrick, can he, can he work in this system? Can a guy like Nate Hobbs actually play on the outside or should he kick back inside to the slot, right? I mean, just, just what he's seen from, from film what he thinks these guys could do moving forward. So that's what we'll talk to Ted Wynn about coming up at 4.30 from The Athletic. So Brad Spielberger at 2.30, Vinny Bonsignor at 3.30, Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network at 4. Ted Wynn will close us out from The Athletic at 4.30. Let's go ahead now and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So every day we come to the show with a topic, and clearly today the topic is super simple. The topic writes itself, right? I mean, it's not one that I had to sit back and say, well, let me think. Will this be a good one or not? I mean, it's, it's not even about being a good one or not. It's about just... The, the reality of the situation, and of course that is Derek Carr. So uh, I just want to throw out there, as I said, uh, kind of the appreciation day for Derek Carr. And look, this is the deal. I know that there's a lot of people that have been ready to move on from Derek Carr for a very long time. Some people may never have liked Derek Carr, but I don't think if you're honest with yourself, and you ain't got to be honest with me, just be honest with yourself. You realize that at least you knew what you had in Derek Carr. You're not, not saying that you had an elite quarterback, but you also knew that, okay, that's, that's at least, at the very end of the day, a guy that could win some games for the Raiders. And ultimately, he didn't win enough, right? And, and this new staff felt like he wasn't good enough to get it done. From 2014 to 2022, he played 142 games. He started 142 games, 163 and lost 79. Obviously, that's not good enough. Some of that his fault, some of it not his fault. Fine. But I think anyone who's a Raider fan that goes through the list, and I will go through the list of quarterbacks, and we can break them down. Anyone who's gone through the list of quarterbacks between Gannon and Carr has to realize that at least he was a stable person, stable player. Not saying that that's good enough, not making excuses at all, not telling you that I want you to call in and confess your love for Derek Carr, not doing that. But at the very end of the day, I think if you're honest with yourself, you've got to be able to appreciate what he brought to the table in those, what, 142 games that he played. Some were great, some were terrible. Some are just okay. But there was a lot of good that he did in there. Won a lot of games, just not enough. So threw a lot of touchdown passes, threw for a lot of yards, and I know it's not about stats, this and that, the other. It's about W's and L's. He didn't have enough. But at least for the past few years, there was no question of, okay, well, what's the next retread that's going to come in and be the quarterback? Is it going to be Josh McCown? Is it going to be Dante Culpepper? Is it going to be Andrew Walter? Is it going to be Bruce Gratkowski? Right? I mean, you didn't have those questions for the past nine seasons. So I, at the very end of the day, can appreciate that. So I'll throw it out there to you. Where is your appreciation level for D.C. as he puts out his statement today saying goodbye to Raider Nation? Uh, What did you feel like he did during his run with the silver and black? And look, if you call in and say, I didn't appreciate him at all, that's on you. That's fine. Again, you ain't got a lot of me. (laughs) If, If you don't appreciate him and you're being honest with yourself, cool. I just find it hard to believe that you could be someone that 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 loves the Raiders, is passionate about the Raiders, and did not care for what Derek Carr attempted to do and, and the player he, he tried to be. Wasn't always great. I get it. But I could at least appreciate the effort and what he was trying to do and at least at the end of the day stabilize that big old carousel of quarterbacks that the Raiders had. Matter of fact, we'll go over that list, like I said, 3 o'clock 
We'll talk about all the quarterbacks in between Rich Gannon and Derek Carr. And a matter of fact, tomorrow, what's funny about this situation, with the younger generation of Raider fans, like Lil' Q, all he knows is Derek Carr. You know what I mean? Like, think about it. That's the only quarterback he knows. Because they didn't have that that quarterback carousel like when I was coming up, where it's like, oh, now they have Jeff George. Now they have Rich Gannon. Now they have Kerry Collins. Now they have, I mean, you know, like there are so many. Now Jamarcus Russell's the guy. Like, Lil Q don't remember J- Jamarcus Russell, and he had a Jamarcus Russell jersey, and he don't remember him. <laughs> but you know who he knows when he thinks Raiders? You know who he thinks? Derek Carr. So I know there's a lot of fans that are upset that he's not coming back. There's a lot of fans that are going to be upset at whatever the next chapter is or could potentially be upset at whatever the next chapter is. But, you know, I, I get it for the fact that it's it's been such a long run. And it's been the same, you know, you know, you know, it's the same run. And so sometimes at the end of that same run, it is time to move on. I say it in radio all the time, man. If you're 10 years in one place, it's time to go. Straight up. I was telling everybody at my radio station, ESPN Central Texas, around year eight, I kept saying, you know, I'm almost out. Like my time, the, the, the sand is ticking, man. And around year 10, it's time to go. Right? I mean, at some point, you've got to turn the page. And that's what the Raiders are doing is turning the page. Could it have been a little bit cleaner? Probably. But... The NFL is not a clean business. <laughs> it is an absolute business, and when 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 teams are ready to move on, they're ready to move on. So there you go. But, yeah, I just want to hear from you, Raider Nation, today throughout the course of the show as we interact between uh, callers, uh, texters, and also our guests that we have on the show. And we have Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus coming up at 2.30. But 702-365-9200, want to hear from you. Who do we got up first, Damon? Raider Fish in Berkeley. Raider Fish, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, hey, happy, first of all, happy uh, New Year to you. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. Where you been hiding, man? Let me tell you something, man. I've been dealing with family and and, and my Raiders, and between (laughs) the two, uh, I don't have any hair on my wig. Okay, so, but I'm back, baby. I hear. I just want to read you a tweet, okay, from just, at Just Win Baby, and and that's spelled B-A-Y-B, Just Win Baby. Now, listen, here it goes. Clear my neck. Uh, DC4. I truly have appreciated your effort, accountability, and leadership by example. Me and my family have been season ticket holders from the 70s. And since 2014, we have appreciated the stability you have provided at quarterback. Although we didn't get to the promised land, the lore you have added to the Silver and Black's legacy will live on through the spectacular wins and comebacks you have helped orchestrate always a Raider. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And Q and, and, and DeMond, let me tell you something. A lot of people, hey, you got to respect the, the, the work this dude put in for the Silver and Black attack. That's it. Effort and accountability, man, that says a lot. And you just hit the nail on the head. Nine years of stability. Wow. You know what? Tip of the cap. Tip of the Raider cap to DC4. And the best of you and yours wherever you go. Just, hey, just show up, show up. And holler, just win, baby. When you go out. There you go, Raider Fish at Berkeley. I bet you he's been rehearsing that one all day, man. I'm telling you, man, you bring the energy, you bring the heat. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, Glenn in San Jose, hit us up on the dopeybroke.com text line, 69187, keyword R&R. What up, Q? What up, Damon? I'm forever a Derek Carr fan. Just not the three-plus hours if or when he plays against the Raiders. All the best, Derek. That's Glenn in San Jose. And uh, that's it right there. You know, the Raiders, their mantra, when I leave the facility, I see right there on the wall it says, once a Raider, always a Raider. That applies to Derek Carr, too. Right? There's been plenty of players that have been with the organization and have left the organization 
Uh, I say it all the time. The organization will continue to roll on. They all do. Just like movies, they ain't got nobody in the theater. They're still going to play, right? <laughs> Regardless who's, who's behind center. And, and for the longest, we saw a cast of characters. Hell, you can go all the way back to what? 89, 93. How about 93 when you go all the way back to Jeff Hostetler? Still wasn't as stable as the time when, when DC was under center. So, I mean, there's, there's so much, you know, that, that you could say uh, about Derek and what he brought to the, to the organization. Joseph Endeavor said, Derek bled silver and black. That 2016 would have made a, a run in the playoffs had Carr not gotten hurt. Once a Raider, always a Raider. He'll, be, uh, he'll light the Al Davis torch one day. Again, that's Joseph Endeavor. And I can see that. I don't know when that day is going to come. Uh, obviously, he's going to go on and, and, and play wherever he wants to play, wherever he decides that it's the best for him. And whatever happens, I definitely wish him the best. I have no ill will to him. Never have, never will. Uh, you know, I know he wasn't everyone's favorite player, and that's fine. Doesn't have to be. There's guys that I respect. I'm not a big LeBron fan, but I respect the hell out of them, <laughs> right? I mean, there's there's players that you can respect for what they bring to the table that you ain't got to be a big fan of. And that's just, I mean, that's just where I am when it comes to Derek Carr. I could appreciate what he was able to do with the silver and black. But we'd love to hear from you again, 702-365-9200. Who's up next, Damon? Family Dad and Henderson. Oh, Family Dad. Welcome to the show, brother. Hey, Q. What's happening, buddy? Oh, I'm chilling. How you doing? Hey, man, I've been a Raiders fan for 55 years. When I moved to Vegas seven years ago, I was so excited. I got the license plate Car 4. Mm. Okay, that's just how much of a fan I was of his. But, unfortunately, you are what your record says you are. Now, is that all of his fault? Of course it's not all of his fault. Um, but he's not been the same quarterback since he broke his leg and broke his back. You know, I, I read an article the other day. Any quarterback who's run the same team for 140 games has either been in the Super Bowl or the Hall of Fame. Now, over the last three or four years, every December, what are we going to do with Carr? What are we going to yeah. do with Carr? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expect different results. I wish him all the best. Time to move on from him. Raider Nation deserves a change. You know, whether we go with Brady, we've got to sign J.J. We need to build our defensive line and our defensive backfield. We need to get a couple people on the offensive line, but we've got the draft picks. We've got 11 draft picks in the first seven round, in the seven rounds, plus whatever we can get out of Carr. We can draft and get free agents and build the team that we want. Now, are we going to have a quarterback that we're going to have for the future right away with Brady? If that's the case, we may have what's to him. You know, who knows? Right. I don't know, but we have to give him a chance too maybe. But, I mean, I wish all the best for Carr, like I say, but he's just not our guy. I, hey, great call, family dad and Henderson. I, I couldn't agree with you more, really. And that's really where I stand on it, right? I mean, he, he's done some great things. Uh, I was excited when the Raiders drafted him because I knew that he was better than all these other quarterbacks that they had had previously. I was excited when he got the start, when he won that, uh, that, that, that fourth, or he actually won the starting role in that fourth preseason game in 2014 against Seattle at, in Oakland. Uh, I remember that game specifically. I remember when uh, Dennis Allen decided, hey, Derek Carr is going to be our starting quarterback. And I was excited about that. I was fired up because I thought he was going to be able to you know, bring something to the, some juice to the organization that they hadn't had in a long time. And like Family Dad said, in 2016 when he broke his leg, you could just tell that things were different after that. Um, and look, that goes for anyone, I guess, who, you know, goes through a, a pretty massive injury that, you know, you're, you're just not always the same, right? People aren't always the same one year to the other. And so uh, I still, like I said, respect what he was able to do. And I'll tell you what, if for nothing else, you have to thank Derek Carr a lot for what he did in 2021. If for nothing else, you have to thank him for what he was able to do, helping guide the team all the way to the playoffs through that mess that the Raiders had last year. Not everyone is built like that. That, I'll go to my graves telling you that. 
that that 2021 season, that was Derek Carr's MVP year, even though he wasn't the league MVP. He was that team's MVP. There ain't no doubt, and it's not even close. J.J., is this year's MVP, in my opinion? His This year's team's MVP? Derek Carr was a guy in 2021. He got them through all that mess. It ain't easy to navigate folks through the water like he did in 2021. Who's up next, Devon? Jesse in Vegas. Jesse, welcome to the show. Hey, Q, love the show. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. Hey, I heard you use the word classy describing Derek Carr, and I would have to agree with you. I met him once when he was in college. But um, when he left the team, I didn't think that was very classy. I think he should have stayed and backed up Jared Stidham in those last two games. I think that should have been what he did. Um, but that's just my opinion. I know it's unpopular. Everybody's, you know, rushing to defend him. But that's really how I feel. No, that's fair. I, I, I don't have a problem with that. That's fair, right? I mean, I, look, I get it. I've, I've said multiple times that, you know, hey, if, if he decided that he'd rather go home and, and, and they agreed that that was best for him to go home, I had no problem with it. But I can understand where he's coming from. All right and also, I don't know the context when he said backed him up. I don't know if he means like moral support. But there was no chance where Jared Stidham gets a twisted ankle. Derek Carr wasn't going to be able to go in and take a couple of snaps. I mean, you never know. You never know. He could have been the backup quarterback. I don't think there was a chance. If the if the reasoning behind it is, and no one's, you know, right. the quiet part out loud is, hey, don't want to risk it because, you know, well, yeah, he gets that's hurt true. with that's the true. contract. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's that's no way point. if Jared Stidham, like, rolls an ankle, hey, Derek, well, I know we decided right. on this. No, that's We're now point. good back out there. That's a good point. Yeah, you got me on that one. That's a good point. <laughs> I forgot the financials. My yeah, bad. Exactly. Yeah, so with all yeah. that in, in That's place, my fault. Yep. Yeah, so uh, leaving it, it maybe be in the building, but there was no chance for him ever to back up Stidham. Right, and I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to lie to you, Jesse, and say that I know the exact context of how they came to that agreement. Who was, you know, more adamant about I can't be around the team, or hey, we don't want you around the team, or if it met somewhere in the middle. I always say there's three sides to all the truths. You know, there's his side, her side, and the other side, and the actual truth is somewhere in the middle. That's probably what happened. I don't know the exact, you know, the way that that got worked out. So, uh, but I understand where you're coming from. And, you know, multiple people have said that we've even had on the show, like John McClain. Hey, you know, it wasn't the, the greatest look by him going home. So I, I, I get that. I understand that. But for the most part, I would say that he, uh, he held himself at a pretty high standard his time with the Raiders. Uh, who's up next? We got time for one more? Raider Rod, you're up. All right. What's on your mind? Hi, Q. Uh, so I'm 56 years old. First game I ever went to was 1976. So when I, I live here in Vegas, okay. and every time I go to the game, I'm wearing my number 12 stabler. Nice. But I just want to say that I wish Derek Carr the best. I always liked Derek. I, the difference between him being a moderate and an elite was his legs because he stopped using those years ago. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need now in the NFL. But I'm telling you now. The W's are going to come for that man if he goes to a team that has a defense. Raiders, you haven't had that great shutdown defense in 20 years, and until you get that, you ain't going to win. That's my opinion. All right. Thank you for the call. Definitely appreciate you. And, you know, I I can see that as well. You know, I can see him going to a really good location where they have a a defense. Like if he – just hypothetical. If he was in San Francisco right now with that kind of defense, he'd be be great, (laughs) right? Because that defense is, is awesome. And then they have a run game, and they have Christian McCaffrey. Could you imagine Derek Carr in that kind of a system? Oh, he'd be fine. Just, he's just not going to use his legs at all. Uh, one quick text off the dobybroke.com text line. Q, I thought you were going to say, if nothing else, we have to thank you for bringing Devontae Adams in, LOL, which you do. You got to thank him for that. You know, I mean, Devontae Adams is not a Raider without Derek Carr, and I'll tell you what, 
I like what I saw from Devontae in year one in the silver and black, and I hope to see it for years to come. 227 is the time. We'll come back. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. He'll join the show. This is Red Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. I mean, I guess commercials are effective when I start questioning what that commercial was when I hear it. I said, wait, wait, hold on. Did that just say what I thought it just said? Come on. Did that Charmin commercial, shout out to Charmin, did that Charmin commercial just say, make the booties touch the sky? Is that what they said in that little jingle there? Maybe they said everybody. I think it said every booty. And if you tie it together with (laughs) Charmin, like it makes sense, but they made a song out of it. I will have to run it back. But again, effective when I'm questioning it and talking about it on the air. That's good. Charmin's got some of the best jingles in the game. Apparently. I didn't know about it. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton and your boy Q and join us now on the phone lines. We will not ask him about booties touching the sky. We'll talk about some real NFL stuff. It's Brad Spielberger for Pro Football Focus on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And Brad, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. We found out today about Derek Carr. He put out the statement saying that uh, basically saying goodbye to Raider Nation. We all knew that that was coming. It just hadn't been uh, really made official yet. So do you think the Raiders will be able to find a trade partner or do you think they'll eventually have to just let him walk? I do. I think the situation has become a little bit overblown to where everyone is saying this February 15th deadline when obviously his 2023 salary and a portion of his 2024 salary become fully guaranteed is going to make it impossible. Look, Matthew Stafford got traded in Cabo, I think, before the Super Bowl even got played that year, right? right? So they're going to talk to a bunch of teams, work out the deals, find a way. Look, if Carson Wentz can go for a first and third and then two thirds and back to back off seasons, if Sam Darnold can get a second, a fourth, and a sixth, Someone's going to take Derek Carr. Um, there are enough quarterback needy teams to get a deal done. How big do you think the market will be? Like, just kind of off top, how many teams do you think will legit be interested in DC? Yeah, so I wrote about it today, actually. Once the, you know, like you said, the official news came out. So, look, the Jets, I think, are an obvious answer. I think Tampa Bay is interesting if Tom Brady does leave and, funnily enough, maybe goes to the Raiders. <laughs> um, you know, maybe Washington. The thing, too, is, of course, his no trade clause does help him a lot, gives him a ton of leverage. That's probably the best thing he got in this contract. Um, but, yeah, I mean, four or five teams. Those three I mentioned, Houston maybe with a connection to his brother, he probably would nix that one too. But, I mean, you know, they don't fall in love with the draft prospect or whatever. But long answer short, it'll be enough teams, I think, to maybe drive up that value and get a solid deal for Las Vegas. Brad Spielberger is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And let's say roughness. Now, one scenario that's been thrown at me a couple times is people said he'll he'll come to an agreement, kind of, sort of, with the team saying, yes, I'd be interested in going there. Let's just throw Seattle out there. Just say that's the team. And then just basically tell the Raiders that, no, no, I won't take that trade. And then they basically have to release him. Do you, I know it sounds kind of complicated, but would, would that happen? And can you see that happening? I think he probably will go to them if they still have good relationships with you know some people in that building and say, here, Here's a list of teams that I'm willing to go to, or here's a list of teams that if you trade me there, you agree to a trade, I'm going to use my no-trade clause. Mm. I know last offseason Russell Wilson effectively did that with the Washington Commanders. They tried to make a push for him, and he told Seattle, that's a waste of everyone's time because I am not going to Washington. So I think it will probably more likely be a list of no's than a, you know, a long gotcha. list of yeses, um, and then they'll work from there. There you go. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. DeMond's got one for you. You mentioned what Carson Wentz was able to get in two consecutive offseasons, but what do you think the actual a good price would be for Derek Carr when it comes to trade? 
Yeah, so that is the thing, is that they definitely do have a little bit of a loss of leverage, both with the no-trade clause and with this February 15th date. Uh, so it really depends how many suitors enter the fold. But I, I wrote a couple weeks ago, you know, a trade to the Bucks. I hypothetically put a first and a third. I think you're pushing really hard to get one first-round pick. Maybe you come up short and get a, you know two day-two picks or whatever the case may be. But the thing is, at a certain point, if the price gets too low, you might as well just not gift them to some team and, and maybe even cut them at that point or, or explore other avenues. But if I had to guess right now, I'll go with, one first-round pick, one third-round pick. Maybe it's a conditional second that could become a first, like we saw with Carson Wentz, where based on how much he plays, it could escalate to a first-round pick. That, that's about the range I expect. If they get that for Derek Carr, man, I would I, I might do a cartwheel for him. I mean, <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Derek Carr, but that's, that's a good uh, amount of assets, especially when you already have, like, what, 11 draft picks going into this upcoming draft? I mean, Brad, you could really turn your team around if you have that kind of capital. No doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you obviously would be happy with it. I know he had a very bad year this year, but from 2019 to 2021, he was our ninth highest graded quarterback. He played some really good football, and obviously he had a great receiving core, played in the Dome, so maybe some teams could say, well, how much better could it get than it was there? But there's also obviously some issues in Las Vegas with the offensive line over the years, and obviously the defenses have never really been good. But, yeah, I mean, if you do get extra capital – picking in the top 10 already maybe you make a move up in the draft to go get one of the three prospects that you love um and you could get right back on track that that rookie hypothetically would be stepping into a pretty great situation with obviously a bunch more reinforcements on the way three years 116 million dollars that's what's left on Derek Carr's deal if he were to get traded when it comes to where that ranks amongst quarterbacks is that that outrageous of a deal no, and that's the thing. That's the other thing, too, is I think people view that as bigger than it is. So, look, there's already a couple guys, you know, above the $40 million per year mark. We'll probably get Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert in the $50 million per year mark. Lamar Jackson probably wants to get in that $50 million per year range. By the end of this offseason, it's probably not even going to be a top-10 quarterback contract, right? So that is the thing. Yes, it's still a lot of money, of course, but three years, like you said, 116.3 mil, only $40 million of that fully guaranteed by February 15th. No other guarantees vest later on. It's a fine deal. It's not a crazy deal for Derek Carr, especially as the market continues to grow and grow and grow, which it always will. Brad Spielberger is our guest from Pro Football Focus here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, uh, but DeMond wants to ask you a couple of free agent questions. Before we get to that, I wanted to ask you about a Raider free agent. That's Josh Jacobs. We met with him on Monday inside the locker room as they were cleaning out their lockers, and he said he wants to remain a Raider, but it has to make sense. And, Brad, we all know what that means. He's talking about the money. For, to you, what makes sense for Josh Jacobs? Yeah, well, you know, uh, we'll see how it plays out. Unfortunately, I, I would imagine if they want to use the franchise tag, they're probably not going to be afraid to do it. Obviously, they just turned down his fifth-year option, so it would look kind of silly, but I think more and more teams are going to take that risk because the fifth-year option is now fully guaranteed. All it does is goes from about $8 million to $10 million on the franchise tag, so they really didn't lose out on that much value, and I don't think they'd be afraid to do it, but let's say it is just a true market deal. You know, I think that the trend in running back contracts, as incredible as he was, when you see a guy like Nick Chubb sign a three-year, $36.6 million deal, $12.2 million per year kind of came down from the Ezekiel Elliott at 15, and Kamara at 15, Christian McCaffrey at 16. I'm sure Jacobs wants that 15, 16 number. I just don't think that's the NFL we're operating in right now. So mm-hmm. I think it's in that 12 to 13 range. You know, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, all those guys, Joe Mixon, they're all in that 12 to 13 million per year range. And I'm guessing it's probably about where it ends up. An area that the Raiders need to address this offseason is the defense. And we all know that because 
It was bad this season. <laughs> oh, I, I thought you were going to add something else. Oh, no, go for it. Yeah, but this defense was bad. Who are going to be some of those premier free agents that maybe the Raiders could look into this coming offseason? Yeah, I think the number one target for them should be Tampa Bay Buccaneers cornerback Jamel Dean. Mm. They obviously need help in that secondary. He is with Jason Licht in Tampa, who has the New England connection. So Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels can you know, really talk freely with him and know what this player is like both on the field and off the field, but a really good corner. You know, he has been the number two to Carlton Davis, but when Davis misses time, Dean has played kind of that number one role. Really big body, physical guy, plays at the line of scrimmage, can play press man, which Patrick Graham wants to do in Las Vegas. Didn't really have the bodies to do it this year, but kind of what he wants to do, and that's his his philosophy in the past. So I think it's a slam dunk pick. He's a really, really good player, has graded super high for us the last couple years. All right, you mentioned Jamel he would be a good fit on the field, but what do you think the contract would look like? You know, I think it's probably in the 15 or so, 16 million per year range. You know, Carlton Davis, his teammate last year, got just under 15. Uh, JC Jackson got 16.5 million per year from Los Angeles. I think he's a tick below those guys. He's also, you know, he's had some injuries in the past, both in college and in the NFL. Um, some small things here and there. Actually, he tore his ACL in college, but some smaller injuries in the pros. And he does have some weak spots. You know, he can, he can bite on double moves and kind of take some risks and gamble a little bit. He's not the greatest. He's not going to get a ton of interceptions. He's the best hands, but he is physical. He's going to bump you off your route. He's going to make it a nightmare for opposing receivers to get free releases. You know, I think right in that 14, 15 or so per year conversation. And another guy that Q was really high on yesterday when we were talking about some upcoming free agents was Deron Payne from the Washington Commanders. Yes. What do you think that his market's going to look like? Come on, Brad. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I hear all the excitement. I think the market is going to be a franchise tag from the Washington Commanders for <laughs> uh, for $19 million. But wow. let's say hypothetically it doesn't. The thing there is we're going to see something pretty close to the wide receiver market from last offseason with those interior defensive linemen. So, obviously, Payne, probably the top free agent, maybe Javon Hargave in Philadelphia. But the 2019 draft class, the first round of Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, Quinn Williams, Jeffrey Simmons, all these guys, I mean, tried and true studs. They're going to push over $20 million a year, probably approaching $25 million a year. And so Payne probably, if he does hit the market, you know, he'll know that. He'll know where the market is going. I would be surprised if he gets, you know, if he gets anything less than 20 maybe around 20 It's going to be a big deal. Dave, Ziegler, go, go, go and sign that check, man. Go and make that check uh, payable to Jerome Payne. Brad, let me ask you this, because the reason I thought that he was going to hit the free agent market was because they have to pay Chase Young pretty soon. They've already paid Jonathan Allen. I, I just don't see them being able to pay all three guys on that defensive line, but you think there's a way they can make that work? I know. You mentioned Montez Sweat, too. Yeah. Who had a phenomenal season and needs the bag as well. So that is... That is the complication. Look, Jonathan Allen is a better interior player than Deron Payne. They already paid him $18 million a year. They obviously need to spend money elsewhere. But they were dead last in free agent spending last offseason. They're going to cut Carson Wentz and save about $26 million there. So they do have a lot of flexibility. But it is a fair question. It definitely points to maybe he does reach the market because they don't want to try to you know extend four players on the defensive line. At the same time, though, can you really earmark money for Chase Young Look, I think he's true. a special talent. He's an incredible true. player. But, you know, you can't really say, hey, we have to save our money because, you know, this guy who's barely played is going to take up a big chunk of our cap. So it is fair, though. It is maybe the reason that he gets out, which would be great news for, for many fan bases across the NFL looking <laughs> to add some talent up front. Another area of concern for this Raider team is the offensive line. I know that Orlando Brown, he's potentially going to be available, but I don't think the Chiefs are going to let him go. But who are some big names on the offensive line that maybe could be on the Raiders' radar? 
Yeah, it's not a great class at offensive line. You mentioned him. I, I think, obviously, because he's adamant about playing left tackle, you maybe look over to the right tackle side. Um, a guy like you know Mike McGlinchey in San Francisco, if he reaches free agency, which I do think is possible, they've obviously paid a lot of players already. They're probably going to give Nick Bosa $30 million a year this offseason. Um, and then also Caleb McGarry in Atlanta. So both of these guys are really good run blockers. They have some room to grow as pass protectors, but not complete liabilities. But I think you could shore up both sides, you know, bookends there, and you wouldn't break the bank bringing those guys in maybe 15-ish or so million dollars a year. All right, Brad, I'm going to end on this. We got a text from our guy, Mailman Raider, on our don'tbebroke.com text line. He said, can you ask Brad if my dream scenario is plausible? Car and two ones for Lamar. And then he said, or should I just leave it a dream? LOL. What do you say? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry to, to ruin his dream. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I think Lamar is going to get a franchise tag. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there, there is a possibility of a trade, though. I, I think a tag and trade is realistic, um, but I'm not sure. If they go there, I don't know if they even want to go to the veteran quarterback route at that point. I think they'd maybe, you know, start fresh or, or look a different direction. Let me ask you one more question about a veteran quarterback since you said veteran quarterback. And we, we know the names that are out there that have been associated with this team. If You know, when, when Derek Carr is officially gone and they bring in another guy, uh, do you see a Tom Brady or Jimmy G making sense for this Raider team? I do. I really, really do. Tom Brady is still playing at a really, really high level, and why not? You already have Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro all signed. You can add some pieces on the offensive line. Obviously, he knows Josh McDaniels. I see no reason why you shouldn't go after him. He's willing to sign these great value deals. He was still top five for us in surplus value production over his contract this season. Um, And then Jimmy G, yeah, he's going to get out. They're not going to keep him. You probably get him for a cheap deal as well. Uh, you know, the familiarity there, you might as well take a shot if that, you know, you think it could fit. There you go. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. You mentioned a piece that you put out on Car. What else you got coming out that uh, we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, it's free agency season. So top 50 free agents came out this week. So keep an eye out. We'll push that out to about 200 players by the end. So keep an eye out for it. All right, will do. Brad, fantastic stuff. Thanks so much, my man. Hopefully you had a great New Year's, you and yours, and uh, we appreciate you. You too. Thank you. All right, there it goes. You know, it's always it's always weird. I feel bad, but I, I mean, we haven't talked to him yet in 2023, so I was like, I hope you had a good New Year's. I'm just, it's like, it's January 12th, Q. We're two weeks into the New Year. If he didn't have a good New Year's, hell, that's two weeks ago. Statute of limitations. If it's your first time talking to him, it's cool. It's cool? It's cool. Okay, so Omar Ruiz, I can say, I hope he had a happy New Year's because we haven't talked to him yet this year either. That's perfectly fine. I might forget by 4 o'clock. <laughs> 2.45 is the time. What I won't forget is to talk to you. 702-365-9200. Dobiebroke.com. Text line 69187. Keyword R&R. Hit us up. Let us know about your appreciation for what DC did with the silver and black. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Many thanks to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. Joins us in the last segment. Went over some contracts, talked some free agency. It's funny. Mailman Raider hit us up on the dopeybroke.com text line, wanted us to ask a question about Carr and a couple ones to the Ravens for Lamar. And Brad basically laughed him off the phone, right? Just like, no, it's not happening. Mailman Raider hit us back. Brad's crushing my dreams. Don't worry, Mailman Raider. I'm right there with you because he shot Deron Payne down pretty quick, too. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, he ain't getting out of D.C. Man, come on. They can't, they can't have everybody on the, on the D-line. Could you imagine how expensive that D-line will be? But the one thing that he said that I really do have to, I, I believe wholeheartedly, is that what is their trust level and belief level when it comes to Chase Young? Because he hasn't really played that much. You know he's fantastic when he's out there, but man, he's been so injured. 
you know, would they invest in him? So that's why when he said, well, we, they can't really hold money to the side, holding on for him when they don't know, really know what he's going to bring to the table. So that is the way I could see them holding on. But can you imagine $19 million already for Allen? They gave another 19 for Duran. You got sweat that you got to pay. I mean, that just seems like too much money on that defensive line. So, Mailman Raider, I'm kind of with you. Brad shot me down, too. Hey, but with Chase Young, I still think that obviously looking long-term, but, hey, he's still under contract for yeah. at least, you know, another season. Right. But I'm saying, so I don't think that it's that – you don't have to worry about it right now is what I'm saying. Right. So still maybe for this season and the next, you pick up that fifth-year option and then see what happens. But I don't think you let a guy like that walk for nothing, even if he is a little injury-prone. Well, no. No, you're, you're right about that. I don't, I don't know what the case is going to be, but uh, I'm hoping Deron Payne's able to get out of Washington. I hope he hits that free agent market. If he does, Dave Ziegler, company, go on and write the check, man. Whatever the check is, just write million. It. I mean, I guess if that's what the market said. Hey, man. Because your market value, as we look at Spotrack, right. but then what everybody else on the market's getting, right. you might be a $14 million player, but if the position, if their bubble was about, yeah. to, about to burst hey, up to man, $20 million. Look, look, if I'm a $20 an hour guy, but look, the market says I'm a $50, <laughs> hour, a $50 an hour guy, I'll be that $50 an hour guy. Who am I to say no to it? <laughs> right? I mean, I'm just saying. You are, I used to say that with baseball cards. When I used to collect baseball cards, you are what someone's willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. Right? People, you say, oh, this card is worth this amount of money. No, it ain't. It's worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And I ain't willing to pay that much for it. So it ain't worth it to me. You might find somebody that says that. You might not. So that's always uh, <laughs> that's always how I felt about that. Uh, got a couple texts that I wanted to get to real quick. 69187, keyword R&R. Of course, we'll get to your calls as well. Plus, we'll kind of take a look at the quarterback carousel. It says 99 to 2023. Coming up at the top of the hour, 3 o'clock. But uh, got a text from, uh, looks like the five and dime. This front office contracts itself so much. I think it means contradicts itself so much. I think that's what it meant to say. (laughs) I don't want to hear how great Carr's value is if he's being traded or cut. Why is another team willing to give up assets and cap space for him, but Raiders can't work the cap and don't draft picks and, and don't use draft picks to build around him? Can't tell me you're focused on winning if you're rebuilding. Can't tell me you're focused on long-term if you're getting Brady or Rodgers. But when it's all said and done, Carr's Raider legacy is greater than Ziggler and, and Josh McDaniels' Raider legacy. I'll say this. I think that the Raiders have done a lot around Derek Carr. Have they done everything? No. But for a nice stretch, he had one of the best offensive lines in football. Right? I mean, again, this is not one of these days and one of these shows where I'm trying to say what he's done, what he hasn't done, this, that, and the other. I mean, we could all go back and have like a pissing match on it, you know, what's right and what's wrong. But the organization, where, where they haven't done everything 100% right, they still did some good things for Derek, Derek Carr. It's very rare in the NFL, just to be 100% honest about the situation, that a quarterback with an under 500 record lasts nine years in one organization. Right? And again, I started the show saying it's not all Derek Carr's fault. His record is not all his fault, but some of it's on him too. Like he's got to he, he got to take some responsibility. So I would say that the organization has done some things. The organization that the front office that they have right now, they brought in Devontae Adams, and they gave it an opportunity to work. You know, now of course Darren Waller was out, Hunter Renfro, so you can say that I get it, but it just at some point it's time to move on. A lot of that text I kind of didn't agree with, but the one part where I see how that can make you raise an eyebrow, if you're saying, hey, we got to get rid of this guy as a team, mm-hmm. but then if the market is just like, hey, maybe you could get like a first and a third for him, I understand how as a fan you could say, that's some really good value. So that's an elite player well, why value. Did, why, did, why did Seattle get rid of uh, Russell Wilson? Exactly. Look what, look I'm, not they got that, I'm not saying that it's wrong, but right. just when you give up a guy right. where you can see like what you get in return right. for him, 
I'm not saying that it's wrong or right, but I understand why that can make I you mean, raise my eyebrows. Look what DC gave up for uh, for for Carson Wentz. Nobody would say that he's that good. I told you, well, not you in, in general. I just told anyone who listened when they made that trade for Carson Wentz, that was a terrible trade. I knew he wasn't going to be worth the salt, right? And he proved not to be worth the salt, but got a lot of assets in return for him. You know, Russell Wilson. Denver or Denver gave up a lot to get Russell Wilson. That didn't really pan out. I mean, there's, you know, that they're just. But for the Seahawks fans as well, as the fan base, yeah. I don't think anybody was puffing out their chest saying, hey, we going to the playoffs with Geno no, this year. No, nobody it's a, that. It was a great, pleasant surprise. He's yeah. going to the Pro Bowl, and it worked out the best for them. You get the Broncos pick while making the playoffs. That's great. But it is the, on the other end. I don't mm-hmm. think any Seahawks fan no. was thinking, no. yeah, Geno's about to be the man this no, year. No, I think every Seattle, Seattle Seahawks fan thought, okay, they're picking in the top 10. Right? I mean, that's what we said. And I'm not trying to be like an NFL genius, but I know I looked at Seattle. I was like, oh, they're going to stink this year. Geno's not good. We know the other cat's not good. There's a reason why Denver wanted to get rid of him. I don't even remember that cat's <laughs> name now. Drew Locke. Yeah, Drew Locke. That lets you know. When you ain't done nothing in a while, you start to slip the memory. His biggest highlight was rapping put on for my city on the sideline. His, Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, we got a text for the 707. We'll get your calls on the other side. There's no way Washington's going to pay two D tackles, $20 million each. But what could happen is they franchise pay and trade them like the 49ers did with DeForest Buckner. That's a great point. That's a great point. I could definitely see that happening. That was actually a really smart, genius move by the 49ers to do that as well. To go ahead and, and get on from uh, DeForest Buckner, not have to pay him that money, get capital in return, and still have, obviously, a bunch of studs along the defensive line. That was smart. I could totally see that happening. Thanks for that text. We do appreciate you. It's 256. We'll come back, get your call, 702-365-9200. Plus, we'll go over the quarterbacks, man. We'll start at Rich Gannon in 99, and we'll end in Derek Carr in 2023. Kind of talk about the cats in between all of those, or those two guys. We'll do it all next here on Red Nation Radio 920.